Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do, the podcast, where I, your host, editor Dennis Maller, speaks with artists and entertainers about their day jobs, and this episode, we're going to talk about how I lost mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, we don't go into too much detail about it. Maybe I will later. Uh, but my good buddy, Stephen Richard K., knew that uh, I had gotten fired from Clear Channel, iHeart, Total Traffic Weather, the same company, um, and that I was at home doing nothing but sitting around and moping. So he... Texted me early this morning. He's like, hey, let's podcast. I'm coming over. Uh, so we sat down and we did a quick podcast. He asked me a few questions. We talked a little bit about work and future and all that stuff and you know how I'm feeling about it all. And a few other subjects. We talk about how and why he's no longer with the sketch group Mr. Bismuth. Uh, that's where we know him from, Mr. Uh, Bismuth. He's a, uh, catch me- a cast member in that, in that. So that is what we talked about Uh, On the podcast, it's a little bit of a divergence, but it's not that far out of the realm of possibilities to talk about. Uh, We do have some more, uh, we, as if there's anybody else involved in this podcast besides me. Uh, I do have some more podcast episodes coming up shortly, and I have some uh, interviews scheduled with people who I think are going to be very interesting. So uh, if if this is your first time coming back or any amount of time that you've come to the podcast, whether it's first, second, twelfth, if you're not already, please subscribe on whatever version of podcast delivery you prefer that you're listening to this on. Obviously, I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, well, I'd be on Spotify sooner or later, maybe. I got time to figure it out, so let's uh, maybe I will put this on Spotify sooner or later. But um, I'm not doing SoundCloud. I just, if you're listening to podcasts on SoundCloud, uh, you're, it's your fault that you don't get to hear things. And it's a waste of my time and money on not doing it. Uh, so that's all that I have to say about the SoundCloud. Um, but yeah, so uh, if uh, if you're listening to this, do me a favor. Also go over to Stephen Richard K's uh, Search for a Co-host podcast. Link's in the description. And give his intro and outro a listen or get listen to the whole podcast through him again. Or just do us all a favor and Leave a review, five stars, whatever the the, the model of uh, praise is for your podcast listening system. Uh, leave a review, good or bad, prefer, preferably good, you know. But whatever it is, be honest. Um, actually, don't be honest. Just be nice. <laughs> That's all I ask. Uh, so do that for his podcast uh, and for mine as well. It's the same episode. We're swapcasting it. We're just going to do it different intros and outros to it. So. Uh, that is all I have for you, ladies and gentlemen. I will talk more about me, myself, and what's going on, uh, shortly, just not today. Because I still don't know what I'm doing, and I'm not sure what's going to be. And I may be just putting too much weight on this. Uh, I mean, I was with the company for 40, I say it on the podcast, 40% of my lifetime, 15 years. You know, that's pretty significant, so... I don't know what I'm going to do about it since. And honestly, other people on radio have been fired, so it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, we'll see. Anyway, enjoy this episode while I go back to moping. (laughs) Enjoy this episode with uh, me and the return of Stephen Richard K. I did an interview with somebody where I had... One of their mics off. Oh, Dana J. Mike. Yeah. His mic was off for the first yeah. 10 minutes. No, that's fine. And then I did the same thing. I recorded an episode just the other day, and I didn't have the microphone plugged in all the way. So that's good. Oh, for geez. the first half of it. Yeah. Well, I'm also supposed to be the audio expert. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's 10 times worse for me than you. Yeah. This was like... drunk, and this was, you know, on an island on a lake in Maine, and it was just my H2N or whatever. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a, a wonderful time to screw something up. Exactly. It was nice. Like, on vacation, <laughs> drunk. Yeah. In the woods. Uh-huh. Not being bothered by anybody. Exactly. But All right. So, I, am I... Who, is this your podcast? Swapcast, man. A swapcast again. I don't okay. Care. Fair enough. I just saw that you might be free, and I was free, and I was like, hey, let's go talk to Dennis. So, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yes. We'll do this as a swapcast because I, I got to put content out somehow. Yeah. Um, and I was just watching Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, because, you know, that is what you do when you're unemployed. Sometimes you got to watch Netflix. <laughs> like, yeah. I've actually, uh, I uh, my Netflix account bounced. 
payment balance oh, like no. three months. Well, three months ago. Okay. So finally, when I got this and I got one of the first of my severance checks, I was like, "Yeah, oh, I'm turning Netflix back on today." Yeah, you got. I'm getting caught up on Luke, Luke Cage right now. Yeah, yeah. Priorities. Uh, and what I actually was watching was very interesting. It's a thing called Evil Genius, uh-huh. where it's uh, and. I, I, Oh, is this about the pizza? Yes. Yes, yes. I remember following that story and re- and, and watching the explosion. Oh, my God. Uh, in 2003, like, on yeah. the internet, it was all blurry and, and pixelated, and you couldn't yeah. really see it. Uh, not like uh, they were censoring it. It was uncensored, right. but it was just, Low you know. Low quality from Yeah, it was like, yeah. exactly. And so it was just big colored blots, uh, blot squares yeah. that just exploded and snapped back. And I'm like, oh, I know this story. Yeah. Uh, but turns out I did not know the story I know. at all. It was, it's quite a good, like, documentary series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I'm only halfway, not even halfway through the first one. Uh, like, yeah. I think I turned it on when you texted me. Nice. And I was like, oh, just ignore it. I want to sit here and watch Netflix. <laughs> You got time like, for that later. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this is more important, Dennis. Yeah. You know that. You like coming down here and playing exactly. and fiddle fucking with knobs and buttons and We're playing things. with our voices now. Yes, exactly. So they made a fictional movie about that, and I never Starring saw it. Jesse Eisenberg yes. and Aziz Ansari. And I won a contest through WAAF, and we went to Sal's Pizza, that's no longer there, over by Fenway, and I met Nick Swartzen and Jesse Eisenberg and got a picture taken with them and they autographed oh, wow. the thing. So That's cool. Yeah. I like to win radio <laughs> contests. That's like one of the things. I haven't done it in a while, but back there was a heyday when like you used to be able to like earn points online like by taking surveys and like doing all these things yep. and then you'd trade your, trade your points in for like raffles and, you know, I like to win radio contests. I want a pair of skis. I want a trip to space camp. I want a trip to Comic-Con in San Diego. Oh, wow. All for doing these online Wow. Things. Yeah, yeah. My company won't even send me to Comic-Con San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this was paid for probably by whatever, Fox or something, because it was... Oh, no, that one? No, that one, I saw, it was District 9 was just coming out. And so I got nice. to see District 9, like, that's also Peter early. Jackson was there, and it was like... You know, it was neat. So it was like before it even came out. So yeah, cool. and also in 2009, you can get away with sending someone to Comic-Con and it yeah. uh, being a big enough of a deal for somebody to be happy about, exactly. but not madness enough to where it costs an arm and a leg for right. them to actually do. Yeah, it was probably a couple grand or something like that. Yeah, yeah and it was a big... Now now it's time, uh, so. the, the, air, uh, the airline tickets alone are a couple grand. Just exactly. Like they... Uh, don't want to yeah. use the, word, the four letter word rape, but they rape you now yeah. because they can. And it's great for San Francisco, uh, for San Diego. Yeah. Because it's literally the only tourist thing that comes there. Exactly. And it takes over the whole city. Yeah. But it's also such a monstrosity. Yeah. It's a nightmare for them, I assume. Yeah. And then but. also, so talking about that, while I was there, I saw, I forget whose actual comedy show it was, but I went to a comedy show there and I saw like Doug Benson, Brian Posehn, like Patton Oswalt, and. I forget who else, but it was like a wicked sick comedy show. So, oh wow, I don't know. Let's talk about comedy. I don't know <laughs> anything about anything. I've decided I'm a comedy fan. Is that okay? Can I be a comedy fan? Oh yes, please. Perfect. They need. I mean, besides the fact that you're, fans. yeah, we need more fans of comedy. Besides the fact that you're involved in the sketch comedy world, not anymore, man. Why? What happened? I'm done with uh, Mr. Bismuth. Yes, Mr. Bismuth does have a show coming out on Friday. They're part of Best of Boston Sketch, but I am not involved because uh-huh. I am busy. And I'm okay. sorry. And I just necessarily wasn't getting out of it what I was getting out of it beforehand. And so right now I have a six-month-old baby and I'm in grad school. Congratulations. Thank or you. I'm sorry. No, he's cool. I like him. He's a good, he's a good, he's a good person as far as people know. So, yeah, I'm busy. And so I have a lot of other stuff on my plate. And I just wasn't getting out of it what I was putting into it before. So, no, I'm no longer a comedian. I'm a sometimes podcaster because I've been doing that less and less. And then I just, on a whim, I said, hey, let's go talk to Dennis. Maybe I'll get a podcast out of it. And good. So I'm less of a creator, and I'm realizing it's okay because I'm more of a fan. Because I love comedy. I love the idea of comedy. I love listening to podcasts where they talk about comedy. I love TV shows about comedy. I love reading books about comedy. So I want you to tell me some of these things as a fan. Where else? I wrote some stuff down. Let's talk about books. I recently read the comedian's book by Cliff Nestor. Okay. Cliff Nestorov, which I loved so much. I think I probably read it like a year or so ago. I've heard of it. It's really good. And it's Cliff Nestorov is a name that is very hard to forget. Yes, yes. I think he was on Marin. He also helped make like the CNN show like the history of comedy and he like kind of makes that and that's pretty good. Um 
What else? I like. I love reading comic biographies. I haven't read I'm Dying up here, but I like the show and I own the book and I'll get around to reading that. Is there any other books like about comedy and about like making comedy or the heyday of comedy that you could recommend? Maybe biographies? Born Standing Up, uh, which is the Steve Martin That's one. That's great. Um, I have it upstairs if you want to borrow it. I already read it and okay. I'm going to... I There's a thing called Libby and you could uh, check audiobooks out from the library. Yes. I want to listen to the audiobook of that because apparently he does some of his bits or something like that in the audio. Uh, so. And speaking of, of Steve Martin, I just last night watched his and Martin Short's um, live special do a, a, together. Yeah. Um, and it was enjoyable. Like yeah. the first... It's... Oh, did you not like it? <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> it is, it is old-timey. Yeah. Because it's the two... It, you have two old-timey comedians... Who are just roasting each other, very yeah. po- very politely roasting exactly. each other. Uh, then they do a couple bits. Uh, what I found interesting was them doing, which unfortunately felt very set up interviews. Yeah, very rehearsed, which they are because they did that as a tour and then finally filmed exactly. it. Uh, so they did these very rehearsed interviews that were not great, or were just very blatant questions to start a story. Yeah. Stories were interesting, like listening to yeah. Steve Martin talk about meeting Elvis for the first time. Yeah. Listen to Martin Short talk about getting into uh, uh, into theater as a kid and going to New York yeah. at 15 years old and stuff like that. There's interesting stories. And then watch, I think the part I didn't care about uh, was watching Martin Short do, you know, song and dance routine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. Which is fun and great. But I was like, eh, this is the, this is where if I was at the live show, I'd get up to go get another beverage. Exactly. Um, I feel like I'm not Unfortunately, super into Martin Short. I, I, I know. I've always he's a very, him. very acquired taste. As I say that, literally this morning I checked out his audiobook. Okay. So it's like, I don't know, I'm delving more into him because I heard that was actually a really good audio or a good book. So I'll check yeah, that he's out. Yeah, he's a crazy, insane one. Yeah. Uh, but all in the good ways. None like, like yeah. he never really, as far as I knew, had any real problems with drugs no. or alcohol or any of that stuff. He's just an, 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 a flamboyant, not gay yeah. Silly, insane person. Yeah, he's got energy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, the banjo part, I can understand where nobody else would like that. And even I, I tried to like my, yeah. I tried to make myself like the banjo part because yeah. I want to learn more about bluegrass. Yeah. But there was a part of me that just went, okay, this is just a, this is just instrumental music interlude. Like this, exactly. this is what should be played in between them coming in and out. Right. Um, and I think that was the end of it, right? Probably. If not, I, I think, fell asleep. Oh, uh, yeah, and then they played another band or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, his then, full band came out, yeah. 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 Um, so there's that. I don't read, uh, books. I've only read, <laughs> uh, I am the worst expert to talk about books. Okay, that's fine. Um, I've read two books my entire life. No. One of them, comedy-based, a comedy biography. Okay. Um, uh, the other one, also a comedy. Sure. Um, and the first one is probably makes sense if you know me well enough is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Yeah. Um, cause it's comedy, it's British and, and was adapted from radio plays. Right. Like that's been whatever that those are my everything of my entire life. Yeah. Right yeah. there. Um, throw in pizza and then, uh, the, then you have the foursome. You yeah. got a hat trick. <laughs> uh, then, um, let's see. The other one is, and I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna feel the judgment when I say this from people who are listening. Oh um, it is a autobiography entitled "How I Lost Five Pounds in Six Years," <laughs> the autobiography of Tom Arnold. Okay, wait, why? Why did you choose to read this book? Okay, I chose to read it no. by accident. What had happened <laughs> was, accident. what had happened was, did you lose a bet? No, I was, uh, <laughs> I was at the. This was when uh, the internet was still early in its infancy. Sure. Um, and I was at the Boston Public Library because I did not have a computer at home. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I used to do all my uh, computer work at work. Yeah. Like email and stuff like that. And then if I wasn't at work in the afternoons and evenings, and I was waiting. Guess who did not turn off his phone? I don't even know what that number is about. Hi, guys. I'm the radio. Uh, I'm the former radio professional. <laughs> uh, oh, so uh, Tom Arnold. Uh, I was at the Boston Public Library waiting to use one of the computers to check my email, probably because I was waiting for a band to email me confirmation for a show that I had booked them on. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I look over and it's just sitting on the shelf like, Face forward, and I'm like, oh, pfft, Tom Arnold wrote a biography. <laughs> uh, huh. 
And I start reading the back of it, the yeah. excerpts, reviews. I thumb through it. I catch a page or two. I catch a title. And I was like, I'm going to rent. I'm going to take out this book. So I do. And I read it. And I wish I was a reader. Yeah. I wish I was a guy who reads. I, I'm yeah. not. I, I just don't have the patience for it. I have uh, when I read, I make I picture the stories in my head. Yeah. And then my head wanders off and m- starts making new stories. Okay. All right. And then I lose my place and in then reading. You reread it. I gotcha. Um, right. I wish I had that control. So yeah. Douglas Adams uh, and this Tom Arnold biography were the only two books that were able to hold my attention. Yes. Through it long enough. And it was very interesting listening to him talk about his early days of comedy. Yeah. Um, listen to some of the stories of the insane things he did. Like, there was one time that he was so whacked up on cocaine that it uh, caused him to be constipated. And he got hired to help a, I want to say 16-year-old, but it might have been an 18-year-old girl, write a stand-up comedy routine for some party or whatever. Yeah. He gets hired by this rich fucking white dude to do it. And he's helping this girl, and he's having just terrible stomach pain because of all the cocaine and stuff. And he goes in the bathroom, and, and I don't know why, but this is not how the digestive tract works. He sure. just takes something sharp and just starts stabbing himself in the stomach no. to break up all this like blockage in there. He walks back with a shirt f- covered in blood, and oh he's like, God. yeah, don't worry about that. And then and finish, helps her finish right through routine, and then bangs her. And I'm like... Oh my God. That is an insane story. Like, this is not something to be congratulated for. This is not something I am envious of. It is something that I go, let me reread that because I feel like I missed a step in the story that led us to where we got. Uh, So it's just a whole book of that. And then the chapters are, um, so yeah, he talks about the comedy and all that. But here's the best part is the chapters are entitled, uh, the book was written to his yet unborn child. Yeah. His wife was pregnant with a child. They didn't know if it was going to be a boy or girl. Yeah. And he was writing the book to them as if they were asking questions about his life. Sure. So every chapter was a question like, hey, dad, why did you do so much cocaine? Hey, dad, what happened with Roseanne Barr? Hey, dad. And he replied with every every with a answer for a boy, girl, nickname. So, oh, well, sport or princess. And I just found that very cute and endearing. Yeah. Okay. Well, as you described that story, I just tried to look up. I don't see an audio book for it, so uh, bummer. I, but I'm not going to commit to reading. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't blame you. <laughs> I found it very interesting, uh, but I, I'm not saying other people should read it. I, what I say is I found his stories to be very interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He seems like a very entertaining storyteller, so yeah. I got you with that one. And then uh, as this, the only book I've read towards comedy... And I don't count this towards my book reading because it's more like a how-to book. It's very short. And it was a PDF because uh, I stole a copy of it all online. Yeah. Is the, the Comedian's Handbook. Okay. No, sorry. The Comedian's Toolbox. Okay. Comedian's Toolbox. It's more of an exercise book like, hey, here's how to do comedy and here's how to practice those traits and so forth and so on all the way through the book. Neat. Um, I recommend it to people who are just getting into comedy and starting to do it. Like yeah. these are good exercises and a good way to think about things. Like yeah. um, coming at a perspective, a character perspective. Uh, am I the fish out of water? Am I the yeah. downtrodden? Um, Dennis, what's your character? Um, what's your I point? mostly play the fish out of water. Yeah, you're like, I what, think. what am I the doing? The rest of the world situation? around me, yeah, the rest of the world around me is crazy and I'm the sane person. Or I'm the crazy person in a world amongst sane people. Okay. I think that, if anything, I, I kind of don't really follow the, the, the book anymore, um, writing prompt wise, but I feel like that was the one that spoke to me the most. Yeah. Okay. And sounded the most similar to me. So when you're on stage and you're trying to like have a couple bits together in a row, do you have to do like, where you are the fish out of water. Do you do a couple, I'm the crazy person in a sane world, and then, like, or do you do, like, a, a couple, like, do you try to, like, formulate them in a row so it makes sense so that you do have this, like, persona of, like, I'm the crazy person in this five-minute to ten-minute? No, I don't think I'm fortunate enough to be able to have that much forethought put into my bits. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I have to go with them as they are. Yeah. Um, I do, if I'm doing a short set, I do have the kind of few things pinned together that uh, that are from different pieces yeah. that I think are the highlights of other sets. So, like, if I'm doing yeah. a five-minute contest set, I have a five minutes that takes a little bit from this story, a little bit from yeah. that story, and a little bit from this story. And I think it's, you know, the spotlight, or not spotlight, it's the highlights of other sets. But 
when a full set comes along, like I did, uh, recently I've been doing a set about how I was a volunteer book reader at Boston Public Schools. Yeah. Um, and it, it's mostly the I'm trying to deal with this and the kids are insane around me. Yeah. Um, so it's there's that. But then. Do I? But. Yeah, I guess they all are. I'm insane or I'm I'm normal and the rest of the world around me is insane because yeah. it within there, the one that I pull out of it, like if I'm doing a short set, one of the things I pull out of there is a uh, a bit about how with my shaved head, I looks like a, I look like a racist. Sure. I look like, you know, uh, a uh, what is it? I say a background actor from American History X. Oh, God. And I'll usually use that as an opener of sorts, some sign. And I'm yeah. playing around with that uh, into different forms and different stuff so I can. Um, see where it goes. Like I'm doing a. Uh, I just started writing material about how I'm get, becoming overweight, becoming um, overweight again. Yeah. And how it's dealing and creating health problems and other situations where, oh, I went to, I got called to, in for an audition for a TV commercial as the role of doctor. And when I showed up, I was like, you know, would you actually mind uh, auditioning for heart patient instead? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. So there's that, and it continue on and on. Like I have a. I have a, a Darth Vader sleep machine now. Oh, God. Yeah. No, but how are you doing? Yeah. Remember yeah. you had heart attacks? Yes, I did. Uh, cholesterol's down under 100. Good. Uh, chest pains have stopped. Uh-huh. Uh, for the most part, I don't have, like, uh, the rapid heartbeats or, or, or anginal pain. Anginal? Yeah. Angina? Angina. Sure. Anginal pain uh-huh. uh, that I used to have. Um, so, yeah, I feel, uh, other than being overweight and yeah. out of shape... Uh, that really just in the past year just plummeted. Yeah, health wise. Other than that, dieting doing good is hard. I well, hate eating right. <laughs> I love eating shitty, and I love drinking beer. Or you alcohol. know what? It just it came about because of uh, I got a car last year. Yeah, and so I was jumping to fast food a lot. Easier because uh, I was on the run so much with the car, and I had the convenience of doing that instead of oh, it's just so forcing easy. myself to. Put together a meal and plan yeah. and plan ahead and stuff. So, yeah, um, that's part of what happened to it. Like right now, Burger King sent me a, a full page ad of coupons. <laughs> I know. I and just Burger King doesn't throw them right in the trash. And I'm like, I, that's no, no, get out of here. Yeah, and that's well. Here's Why, the worst one part: whopper, is get one free. Yeah, two whoppers. That's a good idea. I know they're gonna get. They see it's the cheese they get you on. That's, that's how they true. get you. Charge you extra for that cheese. You ever bring, bring your own cheese, cheese to Burger King? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's the problem is I, I don't have that willpower anymore. Yeah. Um. So I don't throw it away. But also here's the thing: the Burger King near me, they don't take the coupon from me, so I keep no. reusing the coupon. Oh, oh, they don't take. I thought you were gonna say even though you walk in with the coupon, they don't. Oh, okay, they accept they it, it, but they just go, yeah. "What's the number on the coupon?" Yeah. Okay. Well, here. Yeah. yeah. And then they just now nah, you can keep it. Yeah. And then um, I just come back the next day with yeah. it. And I'm like, what am I doing to myself? One of the things when I was looking for a new place to live, one of the criteria I said was I, it could not be within two blocks of a Burger King because Burger Kings, they just smell delicious. And it's like, if I drove by one or something, I would not be able to resist. So McDonald's is my, is, is, is my true kryptonite. Other ones I can pretty much resist. Smell. The thing about Burger King is that they just pump it out in the chimney and you can smell it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't affect me. Okay, yeah, it's it's the golden arches. When I see the golden arches, you just smile. Yep, I just that's that's my 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 that's my my kryptonite. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but uh, on hold on. To, uh, All right. Yes. So back to what we were talking about Books. before we were talking about deliciousness. No, after that. Oh. So then we were talking about your perspective, and hold on, I completely lost it. Okay, that's what I was. You, I feel like you're super high energy, and you like to talk fast and that sort of thing. And so as you are, you know, a high energy person. From your perspective as, you know, the sane person in a crazy world, do you have to change your speed or, like, how you're delivering it? Because I feel like where you are, where you do talk a lot of, like, you know, over-the-top craziness, I feel like that fits a lot more with you being the fish out of water and, you know, every, yeah. you being the crazy person. I, I, and, you know, what? I can't think of any bits where, uh, well, there's some older bits where I'm the crazy person, like... um you know, I, I put up this thing, and it's this is probably my most relatable bit to people. This is the one where I do, and more people would come up afterwards, like, "Man, I totally know what you're talking about." Yeah. And the bit was basically, "Is like, do you ever have the feeling that you are worried about the person in front of you, thinking that you're following them?" Yeah. 
Like, and, and oh, yeah. I tell a story about getting off the tee and walking home, and this me and this girl just uh, me and this woman are uh, coincidentally going the same exact path, and yeah. now all I'm thinking is like she thinks I'm stalking her, she thinks that I'm going to attack her, yeah. and I have to be the insane person to think about like I can't pass by her because I'm out of shape, and if I do, <laughs> it, it, it breathing heavily while passing by somebody is just as scary. Yeah, I can't just not go home. Yeah, if I cross the street, we're only a block away. Then I got to cross back. That's even more suspicious. Yeah. Uh, and then what happens is uh, two guys, uh, and I'm not proud for what I'm about to tell you, but two guys came past me in wheelchairs and I giggled, not because they were in wheelchairs, um, but because I realized they were both missing a, a, the opposite leg. Um, and I thought it was uh, a- adorable how much the two of them became friends because they had so much in common. Okay. Uh, so I'm laughing. She turns around at me and I'm so used in public by taking the tea before I had a car that if I laugh at something, it's usually because I'm listening to a podcast and I'll just point to my ears Yeah. Uh, to signify to people around me. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at something funny. I'm listening to people, oh, but I didn't man. have my, my, <laughs> I didn't have my ear pods in. Yeah. I still pointed. So now I just look like the crazy guy following her giggling going, I know head. what you're thinking. Oh. So yeah, there. I think that's a good example of me being the insane person. Maybe I don't know, but uh, that's the one. Most people would come up to me yeah. afterwards after the show, like that. I know exactly how you feel in that. And I was like, yeah. really? Do you? Cause <laughs> you look like somebody who's going to be stalking someone. I don't know, but yeah. uh, so so podcast. Oh, what well, kind the, of podcasts do we like? Sorry, no. Go on to your tangent. Oh, the other thing I was going to say about the speed is, uh, yes, I talk fast and I tried to learn how to speak slower. Yeah. But what I did, and this works for me, is I will talk and then find a good momentary pause for audiences' brains to catch up with my speed of my mouth. Right. And then I can continue on. It is also very hard to learn how to stop and pause and wait for the laughter at certain certain times. Because some crowds, they need time to laugh. And you say that joke, and then you stop, and you give it that beat. And then they start laughing. It's yeah. so... And also being in radio. Yeah. Never want to hear dead Silence, air. Silence, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The people uh, who were only half listening and you just paused, they're like, they literally pulled their phones out of their pocket to yeah, see well, yeah. if it was still playing. Yeah. Somebody was just saying about how Cosby back in his day, back when he was a good guy, or when he was a good guy on stage. When we thought he was a good when guy. When we thought he was a good guy, how like good he was at the pauses, how he just like was so comfortable with the silence on stage and just allowed that to happen so yeah and i feel like that's something that yeah it the pauses is definitely something that where if you do run by too many punchlines in a row then definitely people can miss it or they won't necessarily absorb it so i like that observation yeah even on the uh, even on the setups yeah you want to give them a momentary pause to understand the setup and 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 comprehend it before moving on yeah so you kind of just talk and you 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 come to a period and you let that period breathe for a second and you yeah. move on. Um, I've exaggerated it a little bit for for the the sakes of uh, of conversation, but yeah. that's pretty much it. It's like it's when it's when it's conversation between two people, you can kind of pay a little more attention. When it's you're speaking to a group of people, it's a little easier for the group to kind of zone out. Right. So you want to give them every opportunity, I think, to try and pay attention. However, um, everyone out there who's listening to this, if, the, if you're listening to this for advice on comedy, just talk slower. If you think you're talking slow enough, talk more slow. That's talk basically, slow. Got it. that's yeah. Just go slower. That's uh, if you think you're going slow enough, you're not. You're still too fast. Talk slower. That's your number one comedy advice. Yes. Talk slower. Interesting. Yes. The number one comedy advice that I don't follow. <laughs> that you don't follow. So in a lot of mics and a lot of performances, you see people talking too fast. Is that because... People have these ideas in their heads and they're trying to get through them and they're trying to get them out or like, why nerves. do you think that is that way? Because of nerves? nerves? Okay. Yeah, you get nervous. And I can, I, but then that's the thing. No one ever says I look nervous on stage, even though I talk fast. Yeah. Because I have a confident swagger. Exactly. I perform well. Um, I have you know, confidence in things to say. Maybe at open mics, I look insecure because sometimes I'm fiddling through words and trying to find things out. But yeah. performances on stage, I think I'm. I'm stronger than I'm. St- I'm a stronger p- performer than I am. My material. Okay. Material's fine. Yeah. I think I'm a stronger performer than than I than I am a writer. Okay. And I think that's the only benefit to me. And I think also the the part of the reason of my downfall in the Boston comedy scene. 
is because you're not a strong writer? Do you like to write on stage? Do you like to? No, I think what they saw is uh, when I moved here, I gave her some really garbage, dirty material. Yeah. Um, and I'm willing to admit it. It was I hated it in Baltimore. Yeah. I hated it when I moved here, but it worked in Baltimore. So I kept yeah. doing the material, and I did it when I moved here, and planned on writing new stuff, and it just bombed. Yeah. And I bombed for ten months here. Yeah. Because I just couldn't find my, my footing with the audiences here, amongst yeah. other comedians, working in a vacuum, now trying to change my my voice from this dirty, offensive person to somebody who is is slash isn't. I, I wasn't gearing towards anything. I was just trying to find new material. And I went up there on stage, regardless, strong and confident, and that I was never. I'm not. I'm not socially awkward. Yeah. I'm not afraid of people. I don't talk. I don't get weirded out. I have, I have no awkwardness to me, in in, in general. I'm a very confident, uh, outgoing, boisterous person. Yeah. And I think the combination of somebody who's bombing, who's also f- physically appearance wise, uh, unappealing, short, yeah. fat, bald, glasses, um, older. Have you ever thought about like plastic surgery, like in <laughs> to make myself prettier? <laughs> yeah, to help your comedy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, dude, pretty people do have it easier in comedy. That, that's that's that that's that's not a bit. That's the yeah. truth. If you're an, a, a conventionally attractive person, uh-huh. people want to pay attention to what you have to say. Right. That's the ultimate truth. That more people want to listen to what you say, whether you be a man or a woman. If you're conventionally attractive, yeah. people like you more, yeah. whether they admit it or not, whether they know it or not. They're more, more, nobody's ever described anyone who is. Uh, no one has ever described Steve Buscemi as charming. That's true. Talented. True. Yes. Yeah. But no. not charming. So and I think Steve Buscemi yeah. is a great is a great thing. I, I notice how every woman goes, "Oh, he has he has so much charm," but he happens to have a square jaw, dimples, and blue eyes. Yeah. And tall. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think a combination of all these negative things met with a person who has a lot of confidence and. Yeah. Is not afraid on stage and is outgoing. Yeah, turned a lot of the comedians in this town off to me uh, early because I'm not like them. Okay, I don't know. I, that's the only thing I can attribute it to yeah. why people dislike. Oh, and I have a nickname. That's <laughs> I have a stage name. They hate that. I was just yeah. thinking about that today. How it amazes me. How oh man, I was just going to tweet this, but I'll say it here. Um, it amazes me how much of a big deal the Boston comedy scene make my nickname Dead Air Dennis. Yeah. They make a bigger deal about it than I do and I make no deal about it. I never force anyone Why? to say it. If they How ask, I will deal? perform. Uh, well, I didn't know po- you had a last name for a long time. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, how well, is it made a deal of, I think? Uh, what I'm trying to say. One comedian um, devalued everything I said because, uh, oh, well, you have an easier time at comedy because you work in radio. Which the nickname comes from radio, and I'm like, that's... I mean, if you have an easier time in comedy because you're working radio, then good, because you work in radio, because it's all about reps and practice, and the more you talk into a mic, and the more you have a presence I think into it, the microphone, it was more, practice, I have an right? unfair advantage, uh, because I'm apparently this on the not, radio. This is just like Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. And disadvantages. I write traffic... Rep- I wrote traffic reports. Yeah. It's not like I... It's not like they were plugging exactly. shows... It's not like I was plugging my shows on Maddie in the morning. No. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, other people... Oh, Rick Jenkins, uh, uh, owner of the comedy studio, said that um, it's acceptable for black people to have a nickname, but not for white comedians. Sure. Uh, or it's acceptable... Or nicknames is acceptable in the black comedy world, not so much for white people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with it anyway. All right. Um, okay, Rick. Other people. What's the deal? Hold on. Talk about that. So there was a comedy studio. There was a place in a Chinese food restaurant on the third floor of the attic. Yeah, and it's not there anymore. And now it's going to be in a different place. And they're trying to. They raise open money next week. That. They open next week. Yep. Wow. Grand open. I think is going to be September eighth. Cool. And I think the first show is going to be Thursday the sixth. Cool. Something like that. Um. So yeah, the the comedy studio moved from uh the Hong Kong in. Harvard Square, third floor of the Hong Kong and Harvard Square, mm-hmm. to a new location at Bow Market because the Hong Kong raised the rent uh-huh. by like 400%. Yeah. And Rick was like, nah, peace out, bitches. Yeah. Um, and he took a lot of the money from investors. Uh, they raised some money online. Yeah. 
And I, he took out a loan, and I, I haven't spoke with Rick about all this. I'm just going off what I understand and know. Yeah. And I don't think any of it's uh, secret knowledge. And he had a big life, uh, big um, settlement on his brother's life insurance when mm-hmm. his brother passed away. And I think some of that's going. I would imagine some of that money is going to this as well because yeah. you know he put a lot of that money back into the comedy studio, paying paying people and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's opened his, his own full location all to himself in Bow Market in Somerville and um, cool. Union Square. And they open uh, the first day is next Thursday, September 6th. Very cool. And the 8th is a Saturday. I think the 8th is the grand opening show, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, si- the tickets for the sh- for the 6th are already sold out. Yeah. Um, it's a mu- it's a bigger venue. Yeah. It's going to be much nicer. Um, they make their they're gonna make money off the bar, which they yeah. were making at Hong Kong. They're just paying door, rent yeah. and losing money off food and beverage. Yeah. Um, because Rick was paying for his own drinks. Oh yeah. Um, and so yeah, they actually, you know, what? they just sent out the newsletter to this morning. Uh, they start training servers this weekend. Neat. Hey. So. Yeah, I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, why have I not hit Rick about a job then? I was like, I don't want to be the comedian that's working at the comedy studio. Oh, come on. Studio. I, I've, I've already so done it. success stories about door guys and how the door guys, and then they get up on stage, and then they're famous now in Netflix specials, and you could be a door guy. I would be the sound man, if anything. You could be the sound man. Yeah. He has a guy, but also I... Uh, I've I've done that route. I was you know, I worked at the, the comedy... Uh, Comedy Factory in Baltimore as a doorman and sound guy for the longest time. So you can't just say I did that and then be done with it. You got. Well, I moved here. Yeah. Well, and now you're not done with it, and that's something for your resume. So you can be like, Hey, look, I did this once, and now, hey, guess what, future employer, I could do this again because I Maybe. did it once. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking time to figure yeah, things out. Yeah, I'm gonna hang out for for a bit, and because I lost, I didn't just lose a job, I lost a career. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm at a crossroads where I want to decide if I want to continue with this career, if I want to make that fight, or do I want to put yeah. the skills that I've learned from working in radio for 15 plus years and, uh, do something else. So if this is the do, so what do you really do podcast, <laughs> you're trying to figure out what you really do because you did yeah. just have a 15 year career and this is yeah, who and you I'm, are and this is I'm, how you identify. I'm and- at a, I'm also at a very cl- I'm at a point where I think I'm close enough to be able to, Make that full time swing into comedy, acting, and stuff like that. I'm probably being foolish, but I'm really at a point where you know I can if I hustle if, if I hustle and all the things fall in the right place, I can make a living off doing comedy, yeah, and acting. And I, you know, I do trivia too. Yeah, uh, I picked up a trivia gig a couple nights a week nice. just because it's performing. It's money. Yeah. You're behind a microphone saying stuff, and people are listening to you, and yeah. you're making them laugh occasionally. Exactly. And they're a captive audience, and they're going to pay you to do it. Why not? Yeah. That's awesome. Takes away from doing shows and open mics, but... That's, that's okay. That's a couple the, nights yeah. a week, you know. If I'm li- well, it's also... You're going to get I'm, some material from that, too. Hopefully. I haven't really... I said, Dennis, you're <laughs> going to get some material Oh, okay, from- then. Oh, now that you've blessed it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, I, I don't know where we're at in the conversation anymore, but who cares, man? What's, there's no script. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's the the thing that I'm. I, I, it's. I hated my job in radio. Uh, yeah. I didn't hate working in radio. I just hated the job I was doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad to be out of it, especially when I looked at the severance they were giving me. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, no, I can, I can, I. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Between, well, the, right for a little while. between the three antidepressants and the severance package, I was like, you know what? Things are looking up. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, but it's so weird to think about. I've 40% of my life I worked for this company. Yeah, that's wild. That's a long time. 40% of my life. Yeah. And I can't help but think of what am I going to do for the next 40%. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do for the next 15 years? Yeah. Is this the moment where I switch over and make this... My career, and if I don't do it, does that mean it's never going to happen? Yeah, I'm also getting old. I'm 37. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, 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 you know, trust me, I don't have any uh, hopes that the CW is going to be casting me anything. Yeah, you know, because I'm just not a. Uh, I'm, uh, even if I lose weight, I'm still not conventionally attractive. Yeah. I'm short. I have all these other uh, things. 
I, I and we're also at a time where alone they're not interested in even if I was attractive and and tall and handsome they're still not they're they're actively not looking and it sounds so men's right activist shit. Yeah, but, don't even go down this road. Who cares? We're not. But, I'm stopping you before okay. you go down this road because no, they, everyone they knows it. what you're going to say. Yeah. So fine, don't say yeah. it. But here's what's going to happen. That's why you. What you just said. One of your faults was you know you're not a strong enough writer. Hey, guess what? Every door time the every time the god guy closes a door, he's like, hey, there's a window right over there. So we're gonna write the shit out of these next couple months. Oh, am I your motivational speaker right now? Yeah, apparently. I come down here and I'm like, hey, guess are you, what, man? Are you even here or are you just... Uh, I'm am hallucinating. I, yeah, am I a hallucination? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> am I a hallucination? Halluc- am I hallucinating? You're hallucinating. <laughs> Did I drink a bad naked blue machine and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those blueberries went bad a long time ago. So here's what's going to happen. This is not so much an ener- this is not so much a uh, beneficial organic energy drink as it is now um, poison. No, it's poison. <laughs> Fermented That's poison. Fine. But here's what gets what else. Do you know how excited I heard you on your podcast like a couple months ago about the new opportunities that did open up to you and how these other things are happening? Hey, guess what? You're going to put more energy, more focus, more effort, more time into that. You're going to kick ass and you're going to do way better at all this so that, guess what? You're going to be like, hey, uh, name the company that I'm completely forgetting. iHeartMedia. Thank you. No, no, not them. Screw them. They're out. Yeah. Screw them. That They're already on fire and they're melting. They're, they're, they don't want you because you know what? Do you know how I got here? I didn't listen to iHeartMedia's radio and they told me the traffic way to get from Boston to Alston. No, I used Waze. What I'm trying to say is the thing that you are currently <laughs> creating for and you are making and you are that they realized that you are a good person joy for their company you're gonna do such a good job at writing some stuff for them that they're gonna be like oh man this guy's we're gonna maybe we can give him a couple more gigs maybe we'll pay him to write this article maybe maybe we'll give him a full-time staff job and he can start covering this oh man all this stuff like you're gonna make some i this i really am a motivation (laughs) no it's fine i I apparently need it yeah you know it's it's the reason i have three antidepressants is because i can't motivate myself that's fine hey guess so what do you really do so what do you really do so what do you do yeah i uh am going to be a stronger performer after this no i'm gonna be a stronger entertainer sure exactly in whatever way because you're entertaining because we're talking to a microphone because you like doing that. You like doing that on stage. You want to do that to be paid. You want to be a writer and you, you do all this writing. You make these submissions for Dig. That's why I couldn't. Why couldn't I? Think oh, the Dig. Yeah. 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 And you're going to like, why not keep expanding that stuff? Because this isn't, this isn't, this is an opportunity, Dennis. <laughs> I came here to motivate you. <laughs> is this still recording? Yes, it is. God, okay. I hope so. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's sinking in. <laughs> So yeah, no, that's what I I have to decide. Well, you know, the the there was the decision to do not decision, but I had given thought to just doing like rideshare or app based yeah. things like that, just so I can bring in an income and still have my availability to focus in on all these other things. It's just a matter of finding them. Or yeah. technically, my lease doesn't renew until Saturday. I could still just <laughs> I could still just dip out. I could True. still just pack my my. Uh, hatchback with everything I own and just take off. So is it time to go to New York, Dennis? Are we going to New York and we're going to start diving in and do eight open mics a night? No. No. I think uh, I'm more L.A. guy. Alright. Because I want to do more than just Because you want to do the acting. Yeah. Alright. Can I just like all forms of entertainment? I feel like L.A. is a better hub to do that in than yeah. New York. Plus, I'm so sick of of seeing things influenced by the British. Okay. I'm tired of seeing things done in a you know british united kingdom western europe uh northern western europe um theme and everything i'm sure. I'm, I'm sick of that shit um when i went to austin a couple uh years ago uh for the for the uh underground comedy festival yeah comedy underground festival that's what yeah. it's called um i fell in love with the architecture and the yeah. palette of everything was a different color and the things were designed differently. And I was like, yes, this is a Spanish and West, yeah. uh, West and Spanish influence, but it's different and it's a change of pace and made me feel different. So I want to uh, go somewhere where I'm not, I'm not going to have, I don't want to live on another street named 
after, you know, British royalty. Okay. I don't want to so see another Eastern Avenue. You have two days. Here, let me start taking the stuff apart for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go yet because uh, I have to. Uh, my my thing is I'm not moving without a job. So yeah. I have to find that job. Uh, before I was passively looking for jobs in, in New York, L.A. and Austin. Yeah. Which, by the way, New York's not off the table, but I think it's it's the lower bo- it's the lower tier. Yeah. Um, I was passively looking. Now I should be aggressively looking for jobs in those markets. Yeah. But it's also a matter of do I look in radio where I've been at or do I look yeah. in some something else? Right. So that's I'm taking the time the short amount of time to figure that out what I want what what I'm gonna be doing, hopefully for the rest of my life and how yeah. what's the action plan for putting it together. Because it's a weird thing. When you know, twenty years ago when I was seventeen and going to college, I didn't really have much of a plan. I had a a, a vague idea of what to do. But or a vague idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. But didn't really think about it. Now I'm wiser uh, and I'm more <laughs> experienced. Um, so I know that I can't like my sister just called me the other day and she's like, hey, you're a freelance writer, right? I'm thinking about doing that. I'm like, OK, you're a college dropout <laughs> with a kid and ha- and yeah, and no job. Yeah. That's not a field that you just jump into. Well, it's not. You know what? It's just that I have a lot of things to write about. I'm like, yeah, you probably don't have as much as to write about as you think about. Yeah. Uh, than you think of. And you need to have strong grammar skills. I got strong ga- grammar st- skills. I'm like, you got? Okay. There you go, Dundalk. <laughs> How does one uh, become a freelance writer then? Uh, p- apparently, you have to go do a lot of schooling for it. I. Oh, okay. No, uh, they they came. <laughs> the the, the I, I'm not the the poster child for this, but the dig approached me. Yeah. Um. The manager, two of the managing editors were talking about was like, hey, we want to build up the comedy section. Yeah. What do we do? And one of them goes, well, hey, there's this website, Boston Comedy Shows. Yeah. That I go to to grab a listing of shows for our paper. Yeah. But then let's talk to the guy who runs that. I'll no, find out who it is. Because you're putting in all this hard work. Yep. You're doing this stuff. You've been doing it for free because you like comedy. You want it to get out there. You want to raise the awareness on it. And all this hard work that you've been doing, you did it for nothing. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? It worked out for you. Because yeah. when people wanted someone that knew something about something, they came to you. Yeah. And luckily, once he realized, uh, once the guy found out who it was behind it, he goes, oh, I know this guy. Yeah. He was roommates with another former comedian, who a uh, uh, guy who lived here. Neat. And so he reached out to me. He's like, hey. Want to talk to you about stuff at the dig and comedy? Yeah. Uh, give me a call or we'll, we'll meet for drinks or whatever. So we met and talked and like, look, we want to build the thing. You're doing this thing. Do you want to do this thing for us? Yeah. And also, would you like to write articles? Yeah. I was like, well, I'm not a writer, but I do write things. Yeah. <laughs> so just know well, that you're bringing me in as not the strongest, uh, the strongest uh, gr- grammatical writer. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry. We'll take care of it. Um. And, you know, we'll work with you to make you a better writer. Neat. Um, and it's, trust me, they're not just publishing anything. They've turned down oh, plenty yeah. of things of mine where they're like, this is just bad. We're not going <laughs> to, we don't have time to fix it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just bad. So yeah. we'll work on it if you want to. And I usually go, nope, scrap the whole thing. Don't don't care about the idea anymore. I'll go yeah. on to something else. Yeah. Um. So that's how I fell into it. Uh, and I should, obviously, now I have the time, should be doing more. Yeah. Um, with it, it's just, you know. Uh, That's yeah, why sure. I'm here, to tell yes. you to write more. I, I gotta do more interviews, I only came yeah. here to tell you to write more. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's next on your list? I don't know. Oh, okay, a while ago I said let's talk about podcasts. Because I love podcasts. And I, I didn't even, I just threw this shirt on. This is an Adam Carolla shirt. I know you're an Adam Carolla fan. I, I don't listen. Any, I, yeah. I don't listen to the podcast. I was an Adam Carolla fan for Loveline, yeah, and a fan of him as a person. I've also start heard a couple things that he said recently that made me uncomfortable, and I don't oh. know <laughs> if that's because I'm becoming a more progressive person. Yeah, he's kind of. <laughs> he could be. I don't know what bitter. I don't know. He's not. He's not a pleasant guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't listened to him in a while either. But I did like it for a long time. Okay, but you did say that you did listen to a lot of podcasts, or you still do. What are some podcasts that you do currently listen to that um, that you could share with me or share with the listeners that you enjoy? Oh, that was one. I wanted to ask you about the uh, the Barry Katz thing. I like the Barry Katz podcast, Industry Standard. I saw that you liked something on uh, – that he was coming to Laugh Boston or something like that for a show or something. Am I wrong? 
Barry Katz. Barry Katz, Hollywood agent, industry standard. If I did, uh, it's because I was assuming it was something on Laugh and it was yeah. a comedy show. Yeah. And that I was hitting like on it, just putting it into a calendar. Perfect. And never mind. <laughs> it's good. I don't listen to every episode anymore, but I did for a long time. He was listening. He, uh, he interviewed a lot of like studio studio heads and stuff like that, directors, producers, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he'll do like performing artists and stuff like that. And I don't know, but started out in the Boston area, and then you know, artist management. He, Is that what he does? He started. Yeah, 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 yeah. The name sounds slightly familiar. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay, so no, not that one. So, what are some podcasts that you do like? Uh, I will tell people that one, the two that I like that are fun to listen to, um, and not so much currently as, as they were. All right. So there's two podcasts. Um, one of them is called Tuesday with stories. Yeah. So hosted by comedian, former Boston comedian, Joe List and New Orleans comedian, Mark Norman. Mm hmm. This is when the, I started listening to it at the, when they were at this point in their uh, at a certain point in their lives that I think is the most interesting. Um, everything now, basically, what it is every uh, the the premise behind it is comedians get together on Tuesdays because usually Monday or Tuesdays because they usually have nothing to do. Yeah, they don't have day jobs to go to, and they hang out and they talk about the weekend gigs and the road gigs and stuff they did. So that's what they made the podcast at. Yeah. So Joe List and Mark Norman get together and they talk about their weeks in comedy. Now it was at its most interesting. When they're both opening for the two biggest comedians. Yeah. Joe List was opening for uh, Louis C.K. Mm -hmm. Mark Norman was opening for Amy Schumer. So the both of them were on world tours, opening for the biggest comedians in the world uh, at the time. And just talking about the strange, extravagant lifestyles that they were living following these two comedians yeah. around. And then I would listen to, right after it, back to back, a podcast called... On the Road podcast with J.T. Habersat. Yeah. Uh, who is a New York musician, moved to Austin, Texas, turned comedian, um, punk rock comedian guy who's just very DIY. Um, and he tells it's the same stories where it's like he only records a podcast with the people he's on tour with and they talk about the hijinks and stuff that has passed. He does some interviews with people about yeah, what they do and who they are and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's it's him and and somebody else recanting the insane stories that, yeah, well, we scrounged together $60 and we had to sleep in a motel, but we couldn't sleep yeah. at all night, at night because there was two crackheads arguing outside for six hours. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting to listen to those two juxtapositions where you got these two guys the the who are yeah. Yeah, following at the height, heights of their career following two people at the height of their career yeah. and this guy who's a working comedian breaking his back doing DIY shows and stuff like that and the one I, I personally empathize with more is JT Habersat because that's the world I see me going into yeah I have, at no point, I don't see the vision of me ever becoming the opener for the biggest comedian in the country. Yeah. You're the and, DIY and, punk show. We're going to rent yeah, the back of a Yeah, whether I want it or to or yeah. not, it's time, that's yeah. the world that is most closest to me. Yeah. That is what I see. That's the potential the, the potential I see in my life. It's kind of sad, but yeah. that's what I, I, I closely empathize with. Maybe you see it differently, but... Just listen to the difference between those two. They're both both shows are about the same thing. Yeah. From the same people. They're just different perspectives. Yeah. Okay. And before you like not on this podcast, but in previous ones I've listened to, you talked about like booking bands and stuff like that and how you did that sort of thing. Or maybe you did say it earlier, whatever. Um but so do you currently book any like comedy shows? Do you put together comedy shows yourself and like no, I should be. I just don't. I know how much work goes into promoting shows, and I just don't have the energy and time to do Well, I now have the time uh, to do it. Dennis. I don't have the energy hey, and the patience for it. Um, I always think about it, and, and I don't want to just do a regular show. I want to do things that are much more involved, and that's where I get hung, like hung up on. What do you like, want to do that you can't I want to do, do a, all right, there's two, two ideas I have. One is a comedy trivia show. Sure. Where, for example, let's say it's five rounds of trivia. 
Each round of trivia is a different style of trivia. First round is just regular question and answer. Second round is a picture round where we show you a bunch of pictures and you have to guess the answers to the pictures. Like, so, you know, name these celebrities who I'll use the example last night. Name these celebrities all pictured with Aretha Franklin. Uh-huh. Um, and then third round would be uh, a family feud style set series of questions where we surveyed a bunch of people and we asked them this question. Yeah. What is the top answer? Um, and then fourth round, no, throughout the whole thing, I'm co-hosting it with a stand-up comedian. Yeah. So instead of music while people answer questions, it's banter. Yeah. It's riffing. Yeah. We make uh, teams come up, not everyone, but like after every question, one te- it, we will pick one team who sends a representative to a microphone to say their answer. Yeah. And, of course, we'll talk to them, riff them. We purposely picked them because their answer was wrong or outlandish or we thought they were going to say something funny about it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, crowd work. Fourth round, the co-host comedian goes out and does 10, 15 minutes of stand-up. Three questions to the audience based on the stand-up that they just listened to. Grade it. Boom. One more round of trivia. Comedian goes away. He goes home. You know, a couple bucks in his pocket. We do the f- fifth round of trivia, boom, end of the night, and everyone goes home. That's what I want to do. I pitched that to the comedy studio for Sundays because they asked for ideas, and yeah. they resoundingly did not get back to me. So yeah, uh, I-, I should p- pitch it to uh, Ryan Cott over at Tobin, uh, Laugh Boston, and see if they have any interest in trying it. Or I should just find a place that's willing, open-minded enough to do it my- themselves. We'll see. Hey, guess what, Dennis? Hey, what? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> now you can. Do it. That sounds great. Yeah, it sounds like a little, uh, the, uh, it sounds like it's more fun than just regular trivia. It's trivia with comedians. I also yeah. haven't caught up with a, uh, a, 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 come up with a cool snappy nickname, or it's nickname, a snappy name for the show other than trivia with comedians. Yeah. Which easily explains what exactly it is. Yeah. So. Well, and um, I mean, even like these ones that you're saying you're emceeing, it's like these these bars pay this company to like, have this person come in and do what you do. And it's like this other bar, you know, there it's like, they're the middleman. They put the stuff together. They have this equipment and it's like, you know, there are bars out there or restaurants that are willing to like shell out money in order for this sort of thing to happen. Yeah. And ideally, yeah, like you said, like laugh Boston would be amazing for this. It's big. You can like get a bunch of people, you know, it's about comedy. Laugh is in the name. You could do it. That's it. But Try it out a couple times. Go to find a Chili's or somebody. <laughs> yeah. No, here we go. This is it. Dennis. I know. That one's the closest to actually being in production because, like I said, I've already pitched it at the one place. Yeah. And I'm thinking about pitching it to Tobin or to Ryan Cott over at John Tobin Presents. Good. Um, and then the other one I want to do is a big, huge variety show that no one would ever do. It's basically Jim Rose Circus, but... Less gore and more awe. I don't know what you're talking about, but oh, okay. sure. I like when Basically, people make things it, so that I could listen to it or watch a it. A variety show that is like comedians, burlesque dancers, jugglers, other types of insane performers. And the it's all inspired from this thing that I saw. Uh, there was a live touring show called The Most Interesting Show in the World. Uh-huh. It was sponsored by Dos Equis. Sure. Uh, Angelo Moore, who's the lead singer of Fishbone, was the MC. And I think it's pronounced Fish. What did I say? Fishbone? Fishbone, yeah. No, no, the band is called Fish. Nice try, though. No, 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 P-H-I-S-H is Fish, the yeah. band. No, Fish, yeah. Fishbone, F-I-S-H-B-O-N-E, uh, is a ska band from L.A. Is a mm, funk... I think you're just making things up. No, it's okay. a, f- Fish is a Trey Anastasio. Yeah, This is fish. a group of black guys from L.A. All right. A funk ska soul band from L.A. But they're a Fish cover band. No. Okay. Nope. They do all their own Dennis, original music. I guess music. we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> so, uh, so Angelo Moore from the band Fishbone sure. was the MC for it. And he is, just to let you know who he is, because you don't. No. Uh, <laughs> he is a born and raised Jehovah's Witness turned Rastafarian. As one does. And he's uh, a bohemian poet. He's a singer in a ska band. He plays saxophone. Yeah. He is a spectacle and amazing, and I love him. Um, and so he's, you got this flamboyant, extravagant punk rock black guy who's hosting this thing, and you got weird things like the human slinky 
um, a knife throw, a couple that throws knives and other stuff at each other, dancers, musical numbers. You have this guy called Mark the Knife Fay who was on it, who is a juggler. It was the world's most dangerous dr- juggler. Sure. He juggles things. He throws a bowling ball in the air, affixed with knives, and catches it on his head. Oh, my God. With a live scorpion in his pants. Nope. He balances a running lawnmower on his chin while people in the audience throw heads of lettuce at it. No. This guy is, he juggles flaming chainsaws. Okay, this one, this whole idea sounds a little bit more difficult. Yes, because most places <laughs> in Boston won't let anything flaming happen. You yeah. can't even put the candles on tables. You have to get those little <laughs> stupid battery-operated tea lights. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little more difficult to, p- to pull off. Uh, but that's basically what I, uh, the show that I want to go for is, like, yeah. the last dancers and comedians and... Um, Insane performers like that that make people go, ooh, magicians. and Yeah. But also, I don't want some schmuck who's doing the regular... Tra- like, I watched Justin Willman's uh, Magic for Humans on Netflix. It's and, good. Oh, yeah. And he's doing tricks I've seen before, but he does them in such a unique and interestingly different yeah. way. Yeah. That it drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. I love him as a, as a, as a magician. Um, I'm not, but I love... Him as a magician. He did a podcast. He was on Pete Holmes' podcast a couple years ago, and I recall it being good. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. Dennis, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Okay. (laughs) This was a pleasure. (laughs) This was. How long have we been talking? Oh, like a half hour? Or uh, Uh, like almost an hour? Just under an hour. 58 minutes. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, no. Well, let's uh, tell people where they can find you if they're coming to my podcast. Yeah. So what do you really do? And um, listening to this and wondering where they can find out more about your podcast. Well, my podcast, it's searchforacohost.com. It's basically the never-ending search for the co-host of the podcast. I've, had, I've talked to Dennis before. We had a past episode where I had him audition for the job. And today I just kind of <laughs> wanted to come and chat. But it's, yeah, searchforacohost.com. It's, uh, it's on Facebook. It's in iTunes. And it's fun. And I basically have been doing one episode a month for now because I'm busy because I have a child and a school and a job and a wife and a life and and you know what okay we could talk about how i want to be creative which is be my guess um no man i totally want to hear about that because no no you don't because i do stupid and dumb i want to build a patio that's all uh what okay (laughs) you want to build it a deck out of wood or do you want to build a patio with blocks stone one foot by one foot or pavers i don't know i haven't gone that far I just know where it's going to go. I know I want a water element. I know I want a pergola over it. I know exactly where it's going to go. I already planted the arborvitae. There's all kinds of stuff. I bought a book about landscaping. And you know what? Other people don't care about landscaping. I can't, like, come on here. Do you really? (laughs) I was a landscaping expert at Home Depot for five years. Get out of here. Why did I bring this up? Remember how I said we're done talking? (laughs) What do you mean you're an expert? Yeah, no, I was a a sales associate in the outdoor garden department, and I specialized in landscapes and mostly pavers, blocks, bricks, and stuff like that. This is so Ponds. exciting to me. This is going to be yeah. so boring for everyone else. Okay. I've forgotten a lot more than anyone will ever know about yard work, but That's I'm, fine. On, I'm on it. Yeah. Okay. So I bought this landscaping book and I want to start like drawing out my yard and planning it because I don't know how big I want to make it or what, but let's talk about the basics of it. Hold on. Which part do I want to talk about? No. Yes. <laughs> All right. When I want to put down the rocks, I got to like dig it out a little bit yep. and then I'm going to put sand down and then I'm going to put some stone down and I'm going to make sure it's level. I got to like bang some sticks into the ground and like tie a string to it so it's level or something like that so there's proper drainage. All right, talk to me more about this. Go. Okay. Well, if you want it proper drainage, if you're doing it right up against your house, you want the water to flow away from the house. Yes. So you want the grade to go from the house outward down. Yeah. And honestly, what are you building? Like 10, 12 feet? Probably. Maybe I bigger. think your grade's a quarter of an inch, something like that off the top of my head. I think that's what it is. So yeah. it needs to be at the bottom a quarter of an inch. I don't even think that 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 much. Maybe an eighth of an inch. Okay. Needs to be an eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch lower than the beginning or than the top. Yeah. Um. So that's easy that. You want the rocks down first. Yeah. Then the sand. Okay. Because then it'll sit right. Dirty. Yeah. You okay. want the rocks and then you pay, p- stamp them down either with a, 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 a gas power Something I can run yeah, from Home um, Depot. Exactly yeah. that. Or yeah. you could just use an old-fashioned stamp, big old square, cast iron square thing to, right. a, to a stick. Yeah. Um, but it, it's easier if you just get the the, the 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 motorized stamper. Yeah. You run it over everything, and it pushes it all down and makes it all com- compact. Yeah. 
Um, then you put your layer of sand. Now, I recommend using, and I forget the name of the products, but it's easy to figure out what they are because they, they're called step one and step two. Sure. Step one is basically a rock base. It's a bag. Yeah. It's right along where you're going to find all the other rocks and stuff like that. Step one is just a rock base. Step two is not sand. It's a ground up, uh, what was it? Not like a granite material, but it's basically black. Okay. Uh, so it's a ground up black sand like material. Yeah. That goes in on the second layer, and you would use that again, and then you stamp it back down. Yeah. If you need to fill it in, you fill it in, and then you put the papers down. Um, now you don't have to put any other stuff in between the papers, depending on what kind of papers you get. Yeah. But if you got the the money to buy a couple bags of the yeah. dump it out, sweep it through, and make exactly. sure it goes through. It is recommended to do that, yeah. But you don't have to. Okay. Um, the string is just to basically give you an eye line of where things are. So yeah, um, you would bat your 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 you know couple stakes in the ground. Yeah, and then you use the string to keep an eye line, um, which is not yeah, it's not too difficult. So who cares about all this stuff? <laughs> like why? Like why do I care so much? Why am I thinking so much about my lawn? Why do I want like? Because that's being an adult. I know, but that's I love being a dad. It. I love it. I love mowing the yard. I mowed the yard, you know, since I was fourteen or something like that, getting paid a couple bucks, and I would go make it. And I just love doing yard work. And it's like, no, it's not just being a dad. It's like I, I don't know. I love it's your it's your domain. Yard. It's it, it's it is just like this is to me. I rewire this thing every couple of days because well, why the hell not? <laughs> you like, make it a little, I change a things up better. all the time. Yeah, I just bought put a down payment on a uh, I just put a uh, hold yeah. on a uh, a payment hold on a uh, new mixer that I don't yeah. need but I want because it was cheap. <laughs> Neat, and it's going to give me more options to do things that I don't need to do but I want to do. Yeah, um, and it's going to take up too much space over here, but it's fine. That's I'll, fine. I'll survive. Good. Dennis, where can we find out about you? BostonComedyShows.com. Oh, if you wanted to, BostonComedyShows.com, DeadAirDennis.com. Uh, or you can read all my articles by going to DigBoston.com. D-I-G-B-O-S-T-O-N.com. Awesome. And so what do you really do is also available on your website. Yep, DeadAirDennis.com slash podcast. You can also yeah. find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Awesome. Dennis, thanks for letting me talk to you on the middle of the No, thanks for coming by no because I was uh, just about to take a nap. Well, and an unnecessary nap, not a needed nap. No, I was just gonna nap to get some of the day away. Well, it's gonna be a hot <laughs> one. Yes. All right, Dennis, thank you. Oh no, thanks for coming, bro. <laughs>